0: Straight to your phone, free everyday, daily motivation. Send me a text right now. Your whole life is an organization and a business. exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your game. Everybody has, it relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. You're now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically, and the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work. Putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative. What is that? That's the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of waiting for things to happen. And Then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic, every organization must have a boss. I'm going to get into what that means why it means, what it means, and what you need to know and do about it in a moment. First of all, I'm going to tell you Want to have a daily motivation text to send out free of charge. to Everyone who is in my text community, you want to get this message guaranteed to keep you focused, sharp, and on point. Send me a text at my number, which is 305-384-6894. And every day when that daily motivation goes out, since you're on the list, you'll be getting it. And other thing I want you to know is to go to game dot com slash thirty and get started on my thirty days to discipline course. Many people reach out to me, and tell me that their biggest challenge is something around consistency and discipline and follow through and finishing what you start and trusting yourself. That course will cover all of that and more in thirty days or less, guaranteed. Go to workonyourgame dot com slash thirty and get started in the thirty days to discipline course. Now, getting into today's topic, every organization must have a boss. This idea. I will give credit where credit is due, comes from the autobiography of Malcolm X. If you have not read that autobiography, it is a great story. Now, meets, i uh, talked a lot about people telling their stories. This is one of the times where you actually want to hear somebody's story because there's a lot of principles that you can glean from the story of Malcolm X. And Malcolm actually told his life's story to an author by the name of Alex Haley. And Alex actually wrote the story. But this is Malcolm's life story in his book. It's actually called the autobiography of Malcolm X, even though Alex wrote the story. But it was all coming from Malcolm's mouth. It was his words. So you may also remember it if you don't know it from that frame of reference. And most of you, I think most of you know who Malcolm X was. He was a civil rights leader back in the 60s. He got assassinated also back in the 60s around the time of MLK. And you may also remember in a tongue in cheek way that the autobiography of Malcolm X is one of the books that LeBron James carried around for a little while and was allegedly reading. But people are skeptical as to whether he actually read the book or not. I have no judgment on that. But I do remember seeing pictures of him walking around with the book. Now, whether he actually read it or not, I'm not sure. Anyway, this is an important concept. Every organization must have a boss. And today I'm going to explain why this matters and what you should do about the concept. Point number one, understand that every vehicle and the topic is every organization must have a boss. Every single vehicle, you know, cars and trucks that you see out in the streets, they all have one steering wheel. All right. Most cars that you see on the road. Have one steering wheel. I don't think I've ever seen a car that had two steering wheels. I don't think that would work too well. The big idea here is that no matter how many people are in an organization, how powerful certain people in the organization may be, and how equal everyone may pretend to be with each other, understand that there will come a time in every organization when a decision needs to be made. The root word of decision is incision. Incision means to cut off other options and understand that. When that decision needs to be made, that decision cannot be made by committee. Now, there are times when people want to say when certain organizations come together and maybe there are a bunch of people who may consider themselves all to be on equal footing. They say, well, we're going to make all our decisions by committee. We're going to make our decisions by group. But understand there are times when you can't make decisions by group and the decision needs to be made by one individual. Again, this is why I gave you the metaphor of understanding that cars have only one steering wheel. Somebody has to take the reins and be the decision maker the person with whom the book stops. Now, where the buck stops is what I should have said there. I read a book by a rapper by name of the RZA, who is from the group, the Wu-Tang Clan. I forget the name of RZA's book, but in this book, he talks about his whole career and his background, his upbringing. And he talks about how he formulated this group called the Wu-Tang Clan. For those of you who don't know who that is, Wu-Tang Clan was a very popular, I mean, they kind of still exist. But they are a very popular rap group that originated in the 1990s, coming from Staten Island, New York. And it was nine of them in there. And they had a whole bunch of affiliates. And they were a dominant rap group through the 90s and going into the early 2000s. And the RZA was the main producer of the records for the Wu-Tang. And what made this group so special was not only were they great as a collective, nine people all together as a group, but also all the individual members of the Wu-Tang Clan all had popular and successful solo rap careers as well as the group careers all going at the same time. And the was the one who did most of the production for all the albums that came out of the Wu Tang syndicate for a good 10-year run. And they made some classic material. Those of you from the Northeast part of the United States or you're rap fans, you know exactly who the Wu Tang is. And when RZA tells the story about putting the group together, these nine very talented individuals who all had the talent to go solo, to bring them together, He had this idea, and when he tells the story how he brought everybody together in the basement of his mom's home back when the Wu-Tang first started, and he shared his idea of what the group could become and what they were about, and they called themselves Wu-Tang because these guys were all fans of kung fu movies they used to watch back in the days, so that's where they got the name Wu-Tang, and RZA gave them an idea of them being a group and all this stuff that they were going to do, and he told them, look, we can do this, but there's one important stipulation to everybody coming together as a group, and here's the stipulation. All final decisions, that proposed, will be made by me. I will make all the final decisions. I am the leader and everything's going to run through me. And this was part of the verbal contract that he offered to the other members of the group in order for this thing to happen. And the only reason the Wu-Tang even exists is because they all agreed to that. They all agreed that Riza is the head of this whole thing. We're going to form Mike Voltron, but Rizza is the head. He's going to make the final decisions. He's going to make the business choices for us as a group. And you no, know, he's in charge. RZA was exercising the exact principle that Malcolm X said in his book, that every organization must have a boss. And RZA is a well-read individual, so I would bet that he probably read that book as well as I did. They all agreed, and that's how Wu-Tang was able to be successful, not just because of their talent, because all of you have been part of groups and known people who are very talented, yet who did not create much success. The reason why the Wu-Tang became as successful as they were is because they had a direction and that direction was being decided by one person. You can't have two people trying to drive a car at the exact same time. That's going to lead to chaos and disaster. Everybody knew who the final decision maker was for the Wu-Tang Clan. No matter how talented and experienced everybody in any group may be, there again is only one driver's seat. So somebody has to sit in that seat and everyone else in the car has to be okay with the fact that that one person is the one in the driver's seat. Groups that are run by committee traditionally fail. They usually actually don't get far enough for you to even notice them. Have you ever seen a statue for a committee? But you see statues for individuals because the individuals are the people who stepped up and became leaders. Give you an example. In the 2016-2017 NBA season, this is an example of it going wrong. The Chicago Bulls had three very skilled, very experienced players on their team. The three players that they had were Dwayne Wade, who had just left the Miami Heat and signed with his hometown Chicago Bulls because he's from Chicago. Jimmy Butler, who at the time was still with the Chicago Bulls, and Rajon Rondo, who had played many years with the Boston Celtics, won a championship, and now he was on the Bulls. So you had Dwyane Wade, Jimmy Butler, and Rajon Rondo. All of these guys are very highly respected players. A couple of them had championships to their resumes, and you know, they're all coming together on this team. And now the question was that the media kind of created for this team: who's the top dog, right? When it comes time that, in this norm at the time, who's the top dog in this group? Who's the leader in this group? Who's the head person? And the players decided that all three of them were the dominating person. All three of them were going to be the main guy. And they gave themselves this corny nickname called the Three Alphas. That's what they called themselves, the 2016-2017 Chicago Bulls, the Three Alphas. Now, many of you may not have any recollection of the Three Alphas' existence. There's a good reason why you don't have a recollection of it, because the team didn't do too well. The Three Alphas failed. This whole experiment failed. They lost in the first round of the playoffs. And within two years, all three of these Three Alphas were no longer on the team in Chicago, because it doesn't work like that. All right. Alpha means first. Uh, Alpha is the first letter of the Greek alphabet. You can't have three first letters of the alphabet. Okay. That's why it didn't work. You can't have three people sitting in the driver's seat and saying, we're all going to be equal. That does not work. And when you get into situations like that, things fail. I'll give you a situation, a similar situation where it was done more of the right way. That team didn't do as great, but I'll get to that in a second. So this was the 2000, I believe it was 2012, 11-12 Los Angeles Lakers. Now this particular team, was headed by a guy named Kobe Bryant. Some of you may remember him. Now that team had won. They have been to the NBA finals in 2008, 2009 and 2010. They had won two of those three championships that they had been to. But then in 2011, that team had gotten old and they got their butts kicked in the first round of the playoffs. They got swept out of the playoffs in 2011. So they retooled the team the next year. They had a new coach. And they brought in all these new players. They had Steve Nash, who had just been off a run of success in Phoenix, where he hadn't won a championship, but he had been very good, won a couple MVPs. They had this guy named Dwight Howard, who was a center, coming over from Orlando to be on the team. And they had this just collection of very talented players that go along with Kobe. And again, this was a normal thing in the media at this time. Media came to all the Lakers players before the season. They're asking all the players, and specifically Kobe, hey, Kobe, how are you all going to divvy up no leadership on this team because you got guys who have been, you know, they've been all-stars. They make a lot of money. They've you know, been MVPs. They have all these accolades along with you and your accolades. So how are y'all going to get into it? How are you going to divvy it all up? And Kobe said, and this is the quote from Kobe. He said, look, we're not going to get into this whole will share thing. It's my team. Kobe said that straight out of his mouth. And This is one of the reasons why people love Kobe, because Kobe knew exactly who he was and exactly what he was about. And he was actually, I mean, if we're going to split hairs here, he was the most accomplished player on that team, even though the other players on the team had accomplishments. He was the most accomplished and he had been there longer. He had seniority. And on top of the fact that, well, he set his mind and nobody else claimed it. So it was his. And that team didn't do that great either because Kobe ended up getting injured. That's actually what happened. So that team lost in the first round, too. But they probably would have been better had Kobe not gotten hurt and missed the end of that season. The whole point is, there's only one steering wheel in the car and somebody has to take the wheel. I don't care how equal everyone wants to pretend to be. There has to be a leader for every organization. Point number two, today's topic, once again, is every organization must have a boss. When you are in an organization by yourself, some of you are thinking, okay, Dre, these are cool stories, but I don't have a team. I don't have any teammates. I don't have any staff. I don't have anyone working for me. I don't work for anyone either. It's just me. What about me? What can I do with this information? Here's what you do. You must be the boss of yourself. First of all, understand something. Your whole life is an organization and a business. Everything that you do, you personally are an organization and you're a business. Let me tell you how you know this, because business is the exchange of resources between people. For you to be born is going to cost you money. I have a child on the way. It's going to cost us money. Actually, it's already cost us money. And as of this recording, the child's not here yet. By the time you hear this, the child is probably here. So it's cost us money before the child's even born. It will cost money in the process of the child being born. It's going to cost money the entire lifetime of the child. And when a child becomes an adult and eventually passes away, which probably be after I pass away, it's going to cost money. That's going to cost money too. Somebody's going to have to pay for that. Everything costs money in life. So you, just by the simple act of being alive, you are a business, Okay, which means your business needs to have a boss. And since it's just you, guess who the boss is? You. You got to be the boss of yourself every day. Being a boss of yourself does not mean that you have to do everything by yourself. On the contrary, it means you need to know when you need to fire yourself from a job. You need to know when you should have a job and when you should not have a job. Actually, it's a very smart thing to know when you should be the person on the job and when you should not be the person on the job. I talked about this in episode 2084, when and how to fire yourself. Uh, you should know when you're the person who should be doing something. You should also know when you're not the person who should be doing something. For example, when I need to get a tune up or an oil change from my vehicle, I have decided that I'm fired from that job. Actually, I never was hired. Actually, I did do that job back way back in the day. When I first got my first vehicle in my late teens, my father showed me how to change the oil in a car because he's the kind of guy who would actually get under the car and lay down some cardboard and slide under the hood, slide under the carriage of the car and like take the oil turn it, take the, I don't even know the terms. That's how much I know about it. He would screw the thing off and he's changing the oil and he's got oil on his hands and all that shit. I'm not into none of that. Okay. So I take the car to somewhere and let them do that. I will pay them and let them do that. So you need to know when to hire yourself for a job, and when to fire yourself from a job, which jobs should you be doing and which jobs should you not be doing as the boss, you have to be smart enough to make these decisions. Okay. This is a job that I am good at and I enjoy doing and I will do it well. Or if you can't say yes to all three of these, then you need to fire yourself from that job or you need to be actively preparing to fire yourself from a job. Because maybe there are some things you have to do because maybe you're not in position. You don't have the resources to put somebody else on that job. I understand. But you need to be actively looking for and thinking about how you will replace yourself so that you can get yourself the hell out of that role that you do not belong in. You must know when to fire yourself. So this is what smart and successful bosses do. Okay. Any boss who tries to do everything on their own will eventually fail simply because no human being on this planet is skilled at everything that needs to be done for a person to be successful in life. Nobody is good at everything. So if you're doing everything, I guarantee you, you're doing some things at a very low level of performance. I only have to know who you are, what you're doing, because you ain't good at everything. Secondly, it means you need to treat yourself as if you were somebody else. In other words, step outside of yourself and hold yourself accountable to standards the same way that your boss would. If you had a boss watching over you every day, they would hold you to certain standards and hold you accountable for things that you didn't get done. Right. Okay, do the same thing for yourself. So give you an example. If you have an alarm clock that goes off at five forty five a.m., would your boss allow you to hit the snooze button and sleep for another 15 minutes if the job says you need to be awake at five forty five? I just want you to ponder that. Because I talk to people all the time. They tell me, I ask them when we talk about their morning routine, what times you get up in the morning? All right. Oh, they said, well, my alarm is this, but I hit the snooze button a couple of times. Well, if you had a job and your job description was wake up at 545 and the alarm goes off at 545, would your boss allow you to hit the snooze button for 15 minutes? The answer, of course, is no, because you'd be fired from the job if you did that one too many times. That would be unacceptable. You'd be out of a job, out of a paycheck, and out on the street on your ass if you did that, if that was your job. So, since you're the boss of yourself, if you set an alarm for 5:45, that means you're giving yourself an assignment of waking up at 5:45, right? Thusly, you need to treat yourself with the same level of respect that you would a boss or a drill sergeant or anybody else who had a certain level of authority over you. Your parents when you were a kid. If you are unable to do this, listen. Fine. If you believe this is outside of your abilities, I'm 100% okay with that. Here's what you need to do. If you believe that, go find someone. Who can help you do that job better than you are helping yourself do the job? So, if you can't make yourself get up at 545, you need to go find somebody who can make you get up at 545. This is what smart people do they replace themselves at things at which they are not proficient or sufficient. So, being a boss of yourself, even if it's just you and your own organization right now, does not mean do everything. It means you need to know what jobs you should be doing and what jobs you need to outsource to someone else. Got it? Point number three. Today's topic again is every organization must have a boss. Number three. Any organization that is devoid of leadership, standards and accountability ends up in one place and it's the same place every single time. It is called chaos. When there is no leadership, there are no standards and there is no accountability. You always end up in chaos. And this is for an organization of a thousand people or an organization of one person. So any of you right now listening to me. If you are not leading yourself, if you do not set and uphold standards for yourself, if you do not hold yourself accountable, or you don't have anyone in place to help you do these things, you are in a state of chaos right now. I don't even have to know you. I know this is true. You look at your own life and you know that I'm right. As a matter of fact, you should send me a text message and let me know that I'm right, that you are in a state of chaos right now because you do not have all three, not one of the three, all three, leadership, standards, and accountability in your life. You are in a state of chaos right now. This is the reason why, despite your talent, resources, opportunity, and potential, you are not achieving your outcomes. You don't have these pieces in place. The definition of chaos is complete disorder and confusion. I mean, the definition is pretty clear. I don't even have to say anything about that. When there is no order, you get disorder. Any questions? When there are no clear objectives or clear rules or clear standards, what are people? Confused. If you put a bunch of people in a room, and you tell them to achieve an outcome, but you don't give them clear objectives of how they're going to do it or any rules on how to achieve it or no standards on what to do, many of the people are going to be confused. Some people will come up with some ideas, but there are no parameters. So it's hard for people to even decide where to begin because they have no parameters. They don't know where to start or where to go. So the opposite of that is exactly what we've been talking about here on the show. This is the reason why we have some of the ridiculous things happening in society these days is because we have a bunch of people. These are intelligent individuals are trying their best to relax or completely remove or destroy standards. They want to remove standards. They want to remove parameters. They want to remove order. And the people who are supposed to be leaders are laying down and allowing this to happen or even worse, they are actually supporting the removal of standards. There's a book I'm reading called The Coddling of the American Mind that explains a lot of the origins of this in a very interesting way. You should read that book if you haven't already. And again, it's called The Coddling of the American Mind. Look it up. You'll find it. If you are not supporting the existence of standards, you are not a leader. Every leader must be in support of the existence of standards because what are you leading if you don't have any standards? If You don't have standards yourself that you are upholding. Then what are you actually leading? I mean, you could be leading people into chaos. I mean, technically, I guess that's true. But I mean, is that what you want? Is that what you're trying to do? Is that what you want your legacy to be? And what kind of result do you think is going to come from leading people into chaos? What do you think is going to happen to you? when that chaos gets far enough and you're the one who led people there, I wouldn't want to be around for that outcome. So let's recap the class today, which is every organization must have a boss. If you have not read Malcolm X's autobiography, any book that I mentioned on the show, you need to go get it. Point number one, every vehicle has but one steering wheel. Okay. Decisions are not made by committees. When it comes to leadership, you've never seen a statue made for a committee. All right. The RZA, the Wu-Tang Clan existed. Nine very talented musicians, all came together because one person said, I'm in charge, and everybody agreed that they were in charge. The 2016-17 Chicago Bulls tried to have three people in charge at the same time. It failed. When Lakers put a whole bunch of talented people on the team, Kobe Bryant said, no, we're not sharing anything. This is my team. He understood this principle. Point number two, when you're in an organization by yourself, you must be the boss of yourself, which means since your whole life is a business, you need to decide who needs to be in what roles and what roles you should be doing and what roles you need to be fired from. Just because you're an organization by yourself does not mean you had to do everything by yourself. On the contrary, it means you need to know when to fire yourself from things that you shouldn't be doing. So if you can't get up at 545 when your alarm goes off, you need to get somebody in your life who can help you get up at 545 because that's what the job entails. Point number three, any organization that's devoid of leadership, standards, and accountability, all three, will always end up in chaos. Definition of chaos is complete disorder and confusion any of you who does not have these three things in place in your life right now, you are currently in a state of chaos. I already know it. I only had to know you. I know this. And if you want to get out of the state of chaos, then you need to make some changes in your life, some qualitative changes, not quantitative changes, which we talked about in a previous episode of this masterclass. And when standards get relaxed or removed or destroyed, the result is always, always the same. It will always be chaos. If you don't want chaos in your life, now at least you have an idea of what direction to go. But if you don't know exactly what to do with it, that's why you get other people in your life to help you out with this. And that's why, first of all, you need to text me to get my daily motivation straight to your phone. My number is 305-384-6894. And secondly, you need to go to workonyourgame.com slash 330 to get access. That's workingyourgame.com slash 30 30 one time. To get access to my 30 days to discipline course and get started on getting that trust back in yourself by installing some standards and some accountability into your life. Work on your game. Get my daily motivation text straight to your phone, free of charge, 305-384-6894.